Welcome to Ministry in Motion, where we explore best practices for your ministry in the 21st century. I'm Derek Morris, and our topic today, vitally important, a leader's code of conduct. Our guest, Pastor Lowell Cooper. Lowell, good to have you with us today. Thank you very much. And this presentation I know is going to impact whether we're pastors or lay leaders in a congregation, this is very relevant for us. So let's begin by talking about uh, how does a person develop a code of conduct? You, you don't send off for it in the mail. How do you, well, how do you find really. it? not <laughs> really. Uh, first of all, I'd like to think of it in terms of uh, using some physical illustration. We often admire huge buildings or uh, the architecture of bridges, for instance. Uh, we, we think of these massive um, constructions that apparently rest on the surface of the soil. But if we could actually see what's beneath, we would marvel at that too. I think of Brooklyn Bridge, when it was opened in 1883, it was the, the biggest suspension bridge in the world. 50% longer than any other bridge that had been built. It was so big, people didn't think, they didn't trust that it could carry traffic or be <laughs> suspended there for very long. But the truth is, those two columns that hold up that bridge have massive foundations of steel and concrete and masonry beneath the surface of the water. Nobody sees that. And I think leadership is like that. Mm. It's what is beneath the surface, the, the things that go on in a leader's personal life, in private decision-making, that create that foundation for public leadership. And that's what I, I call a code of conduct. And I'm assuming that's very intentional, just like the designing of that Brooklyn Bridge was very intentional, took a lot of intentional time, planning, and work. Doesn't happen by accident, absolutely not. Uh, it, it's, it's something that is built out of the decisions we make in our quiet time. You know, sometimes leaders think, in moments of crisis, I will develop my character. <laughs> mm. But crisis reveals character mm. more than developing it. The developing of character is something we do really in private. Maybe sometimes when we're not even consciously, deliberately thinking on a particular point. We're still making decisions in response to a number of questions. What kind of person will I be? Hmm. What kind of person am I called to be? What are the values by which I will live my life? It's the way we answer those kinds of questions that ultimately becomes our code of conduct, whether we consciously, deliberately identify it, write it out on a piece of paper, or whether it just exists there in the background of our consciousness and informs our decision-making and our leadership practice. It's still a code of conduct. You know, as I'm listening to you, I'm thinking of Jesus, and I always grew up hearing Jesus taking time, quiet time, and I knew he prayed, though it didn't tell me what he prayed when he spent sometimes hours in the early morning or even all night. Could that be a time of thinking through who you are, moral, developing a code of moral I, I think I think that's primary time when it happens. And I think that's why it is so important that leaders, particularly of faith-based communities, recognize 
the need for a private devotional life. Because I, I think the truth is we all, we all worship something almost instinctively. We have habits, we have attitudes, we have idols in our lives. And it's in the quiet time of our lives, it's in meditation, I, I believe through Bible study, through prayer, and through meditation on spiritual values, that we begin to grapple with these kinds of things and we make course correction decisions that really express our code of conduct. Now we're going to talk about some kind of core principles mm -hmm. for a code of conduct, but let me ask you, is there anyone that's been a mentor, a model for you that's really, really helped you with that? Oh, there have been many, uh, many through life, I guess. I, I, I think one of the first uh, that immediately comes to mind is uh, a teacher on a college campus uh, of Canadian Union College. Back in my college days, I wasn't uh, an on-campus resident because my parents lived very close to the college, so I commuted, walked actually, or ran to and from school. But there was a professor there on the campus that uh, decided one year to establish a, uh, a prayer group. And it was in his time with us as individuals and in the time of the group that I learned how much he valued <clears throat> this quiet time. Hmm. And I realized that <clears throat> it had an effect in his life. He, ha he, was, he had a powerful influence on people. And I began to realize from that example that that is the way one builds a life of influence. Because leadership, <clears throat> leadership really happens at the intersection of two things. One is information and the other is influence. Information, you know, can be the facts of a situation or the, the data that one brings to the table. But leadership is expressed not just on the basis of facts and data, but the ability to influence. Mm. And influence comes out of that foundation of character, the code of conduct that a person is following. And that teacher was intentionally passing that legacy on, do you think? Well, I, yes, I think he was trying to do that. He, he was trying to help us understand the value of that. But beyond the force of his words, and this is, this is I think, the important thing to understand about leadership and, and conduct, is beyond the force of the words was the impact of his life that came, you know, not, not through the, the conscious expression of his leadership, but just the way he lived. And after the break, we're going to talk about some of the principles that you learned, perhaps from him or from others, that could help you to live with uh, integrity as a leader, uh, to have that solid foundation. I know it will be a blessing to you as you stay with us for more Ministry in Motion right after the break. Welcome back to Ministry in Motion. Our topic today, a leader's code of conduct. Our guest, Lowell Cooper. Lowell, we've been talking about uh, the importance of discovering uh, a code of conduct. And you said that happens 
in that quiet time of reflection and even prayer. Yes, indeed. Uh, I think it happens there more deliberately than anywhere else because it, it involves decisions I make about myself, not decisions I make about somebody else or something else. It's a decision about what kind of person I will be. So it becomes a very private thing and doesn't happen in the noise of the world, but more in the quietness of our lives. That's, that's why I think it's so important for leaders to have quiet time. So you're, you're discovering these, can we call them core values or principles mm -hmm. that will guide behavior? Because you said that uh, in a crisis, character is not developed but revealed. It's more often <laughs> revealed than developed. Right. So let's, let's talk about uh, some principles you've discovered personally and, and been able to share with others that, that are really kind of at the bedrock principles for a well, code of conduct. Maybe we'd have time today just to mention a few. There, there can be many, and you can, you can list them and, and, and capture them in different ways. But I think in, in spiritual leadership, one could not ignore humility as being one of the bedrock things in spiritual leadership. And how would you define humility? Humility is often thought of as weakness, uh, you know, particularly in an age that is so fascinated on the accoutrements of power and influence and position. Uh, humility is thought to be weakness. But I think really humility is more the maintenance of self-confidence without the need for pretense or expression of arrogance. That's profound. I think you should probably say that again. I'm thinking of Jesus because he's, he humbled himself. Yes. He was gentle or humble and lowly in heart. Um, mm. and, and certainly he's, he's a model for us. Give, us, give I mean, us that working definition again of humility. Well, I, I, just, I just have to <laughs> hang on to the example you give. Yes, the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings comes to this world not to live in a palace, not to be attended by hundreds of servants and so forth. He comes as a servant to be one. What, what does Paul say in Philippians 2.7? That Jesus made himself of no reputation. Mm. He wasn't out there to build a huge caricature of himself. He could be himself. That's what I see as, as humility, the, the ability to maintain self-confidence without the need for pretense or mm. arrogance. Mm. And that's, so that's, that's a first principle that's really important. Uh, do you see that modeled in any other leaders, either in the Bible or history, contemporary times, you say, there's a wonderful example uh, of humility uh, in a leader. For me, the Bible is just the richest leadership book you can imagine because it's telling stories about people. And uh, I, I think of Moses as a leader of humility. After he'd learned his lessons in the first stage it, of his training. It was, it, it, was, it was a tough education, but he learned thoroughly. Mm. You know, the degrees that he got in that education lasted him a lifetime. Mm. 
So you find the Bible as a great resource for discovering these, uh, this code of conduct. I, I think it's one of the best places out of which to draw illustrations that uh, teach us the importance of various decisions we make about how we live our lives. You know, the matters of integrity, <clears throat> honesty, um, uh, helpfulness, service to others. You know, I, I think of Barnabas and his uh, mentoring of John Mark, uh, really a, a self-serving thing, but a huge lesson about how to pass on mm. the gifts of leadership. And I think of the word that says, when you humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, he, he will exalt you That's in your right. time. Mm -hmm. So it's a servant leadership. It's not insecurity. It, it's, no, not at all. It's, it's not self, at all. It's confidence that doesn't require self-promotion. Mm -hmm. Powerful. Yeah. That, if we just took that one principle of humility for a code of conduct, that, that would be really helpful. It's a huge but, step. But let's, let's talk about step. some others that you've learned uh, in your own life and in your ministry. Well, I would say another one is integrity. In integrity, it, it's kind of a difficult uh, word to describe or define, I suppose, but basically what it means is that the inside of a thing is not going to be different than the outside. So in terms of, of, of human life and, 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 and leadership, integrity means that my internal motivations will ultimately become evident in, the, in, in my external behaviors. Mm. There's a proverb uh, I picked up somewhere from Africa, I'm not sure where, that says, a crooked stick casts a crooked shadow. <laughs> Makes and, sense. And, and that, that's true. Over the course of time, uh, you know, our, my internal motivations will become evident. I may be, be able to hide from you today, I can smile at you. Inside, my mind can be very antagonistic towards you. You would not know that by my smile. Mm. But over a course of a relationship, my internal motivations will ultimately become evident to you. So integrity, in, in, in building a code of conduct, it's, it's the attention that a person gives to examining internal motives and external behavior mm -hmm. and making sure that those two things are linked. You know, I think for me, the, the most compelling statement in scripture is uh, where Jesus talks, I think it's in John chapter seven, where Jesus talks uh, about um, he who believes in me out of his life will flow rivers of living water. Right. What that is saying, I mean, Jesus could have said it in so many words. If he was teaching a leadership course mm. today, I think he would be saying, if you want your life to be influential, you need to pay attention to what it's connected to. Mm. And so, so this says to me that uh, in the matter of integrity, when you look after your secret life with God, mm. your public life will take care of itself. And nowadays we look, you know, it, it's so tempting to look after the public side of life and the inner side gets eaten away. So humility and integrity, vital components of a, of a code of conduct. We'll look at some more principles right after the break.
Welcome back to Ministry in Motion. Our topic today, a leader's code of conduct, uh, living a moral, moral and ethical behavior as a leader. Our guest, Lowell Cooper. Lowell, I've learned so much in these first two segments about the importance of discovering those things that kind of shape you and guide you That's as right. a leader and, and the importance of humility and integrity. Let's talk about some other principles that are really at the foundation of a code of conduct for a leader. Well, all these things that we can talk about really operate together. They're, they're part of a package. I think another thing we'd need to say along with humility and integrity is trust. That uh, a, leader, a leader thinks very deliberately about trust. Trust, not only am I a trustworthy person, but is the organization with which I'm connected, a trustworthy organization. We need to be building on those two things. And again, it's a matter, uh, trust is a result of character and competence. You, you have to have those two things together. Uh, I, I imagine if you ever have something wrong with your teeth, you don't go to uh, an auto mechanic, you go to a dentist right. because the dentist has the competency. And hopefully a good dentist, yes, right? Yes, absolutely. The best one you Ab can find. Absolutely. You're going to go to someone who has character, you've learned how to trust the person, and then has the skill. So in, in leadership, I need to think about how, how I'm developing as a trustworthy person. Are there things I can do to earn trust, to, uh, to gain the trust of people? Oh, absolutely. And, and many of these things, are, they're very simple, but we don't often deliberately focus on them. Uh, I, one of the ways that I think leaders can most effectively build trust is learn how to listen carefully. In the life of leadership, we're often talking. We're, we're needing to advance, expound ideas, and try to shape people's thinking and the course of events. And so while somebody else may be talking to me, I'm using that time to plan my rebuttal and, mm -hmm. and to refine my arguments instead of really focusing on the person and listening, mm. learning to, to affirm that person, to see things from that person's viewpoint. So I think listening is one of those ways in which we develop trust. Um, speaking uh, with transparency, uh, not exploiting the weakness of another person, valuing uh, others, um, not making huge promises, keeping promises, you know, keeping That's promises. That's basic. That's so simple. Mm -hmm. But how, how easily trust can be eroded because we have carelessly made a commitment and then have not been attentive to fulfilling it. Now, let me give you a challenge in, in the area of trust. You're saying that's, that's at the very core of who you are and, and how you want to lead. What do you do if, if there's an erosion of trust in the organization? We're, we're talking to pastors and lay leaders. And uh, in, in some settings, maybe even the setting where they're working, there's, there's, there's an erosion of mm -hmm. trust. Mm -hmm. Maybe re real events have happened or perceived problems. H how, do you, how do you work? You begin rebuilding and you, go, you use some of these very basic things that we're talking about. Learn to listen, be objective, uh, uh, develop a skill. I mean, we, we, we build trust 
through competency. In fact, Stephen M. R. Covey has written a book called The Speed of Trust. Mm. It's excellent. He says in there that uh, one of the fastest ways of losing trust is to violate a behavior of conduct. Mm. One of the fastest ways of building trust is to express a behavior of competence. Mm. So if, if trust is eroded, yeah, and listen, it, all, it happens. We are not perfect people. We all do make mistakes, and trust gets diminished uh, in relationships. But we can rebuild. We can rebuild. If, it, if it's a, a, a trust loss on the basis of incompetency, we can build by developing competency. Mm. If it's a trust that's lost on the basis of some ethical conduct, we can rebuild that by demonstrating ethical conduct in, in, in the future. Let's, let's say someone's watching the program today mm -hmm. and they're saying, I think I've been sailing in the dark. Um, I've, I've been trying to lead maybe with all the management skills, but I've not really had a code of conduct to guide me. Um, where, where do we begin? It's obviously not too late. No, absolutely. It's never too late to do that kind of thing. It's very productive to do that kind of, to, to, to do some deliberate thinking about how do I express ethical values in my life. Mm. I, you know, I, we've said before that we do that in private. There are many resources we can look at for a, a code of conduct, but uh, look at you know, we look at the kinds of things, accountability, taking responsibility, learning to work as team members, and uh, I think a commitment to excellence. I, th I think that is an essential part of every code of conduct, no matter how else one might express it, is that somewhere at the bottom, I am committed to excellence. Because particularly in those of, for those of us involved in spiritual leadership. Excellence is the way God is. And honors God, too. Absolutely. Lowell Cooper, thanks so much for talking to us about a leader's code of conduct. It's been great to have you with us on Thank Ministry you. of Motion. It's been my privilege. It's been a blessing to have you, too. You've been challenged, I'm sure I have, as we've considered what's beneath the surface for us. Where's the foundation so that in the time of challenge, that true character can be revealed. Humility, integrity, trust. I'm sure you've been blessed. Perhaps you want to go to our website, ministryinmotion.tv, watch this episode again or refer it to a friend. And while you're there, you may be eligible for a complimentary subscription to our International Journal for Pastors Ministry. Send us an email. You can click on contact at the website. Tell us about your ministry and perhaps you'll be eligible for a copy of this journal. As you go to the website, there are other resources that are there for you. We're here to serve you because God wants you to be a powerful Christian leader. Until next time, may God bless you in your ministry for Him.